Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And listen, I got to tell you guys, I, I um, the guest I have on today is quite possibly one of the most amazing humans I've ever seen. My wife and I were watching this guy, um, a video of this guy, and literally both of us were sitting here in tears listening to this gentleman speak to a group of youth at a high school. It, it's absolutely, it was phenomenal. So I immediately reached out to him and I said, oh my gosh, I gotta have you on the show. So I wanna welcome my new friend, David Flood to the show. David, welcome to the show. Ken, thank you for that. Uh, thank you, I don't know how to take that. Uh, um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You, 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 humili I'm still practicing humility. <laughs> Not one of my strong. Uh, we have Damien Boudreau is in the stream. He's a, a big speaker. Jerry Acuff, another good friend of mine, big speaker. Some people that are watching here. So, David, um, you know, I, I got to tell you, and I'm going to let you tell the story because there is zero possibility of me doing any justice to your story. So I'm not even going to attempt it. But. You know, why don't we start out with with you sharing, you know, where where you're from, where you were born and raised? Sure. So I have called Northport, New York on Long Island uh, home for the past 54 and a half years, 54 years and four months. Uh, I bought the house I grew up in, um, born and raised here. And uh, my mom gave me a great gift of equity in the house in 2000, which which is which was awesome. Uh, and now I am here with my wife uh transplanted from the philippines in 1986 my wife uh, i met in 1990 and we've been married for since 1990 we've been married since 1996 she came in 86 wow. so 23 years we're together and we have two children sarah who is 17 and uh justin my true gift from god who is 20 he'll be 21 in october uh but but home, northport is home for me and i think it always will be so, so I, I've never been there. <laughs> right. been, I, hey, I have been to New York once. We, 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 well, we'd rather you not come, Ken, because Long Island is really crowded. There's almost three million people living in on this island, and it's just no. It's 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 fine. <laughs> come when you get a chance, but you know it's okay. Yeah. If you want a bagel or a slice of pizza or a deli, you come on out here. But right. other than that, we have. I've been. I have an office in Manhattan, believe it or not, that I've oh, been okay. into one time. So, so, uh, it's a partnership I have out there, but so, so like, what was it like for you growing up? Because you, st you got into, and I titled this that, you know, you're a youth motivational speaker because that's the title of your fan page, your public page. And, and so what, I, here's what I found something there's, there's something that happens at some point in life, a lot of times during our own childhood, that kind of points us in the direction that we go as adults. So I'm kind of curious what what put you on the path you're on. Sure. So, well, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you what my two are. What my gift, and you'll, hopefully you'll still be in your chair after I tell you. I was gifted uh, with an alcoholic father. Uh, and I didn't realize that was a gift until probably I was in my, I don't know, late thirties, early forties, um, that that was a gift. Cause I was learning all of these lessons about forgiveness and compassion that I learned from my mother too, and how she, uh, threw him out and then took him back in. So my father, I grew up in, in, in definitely kind of dysfunctional home, um, very dysfunctional home. And then I was gifted with when I was 30, uh, 32, I think when Justin was born, I have to think 34 or 30, uh, when I, my son was born, when I was in my thirties and, uh, Justin has autism. So the two gifts that I got growing up, the gift was the gift of a father, you know, that was an alcoholic, 
Um, and then I was gifted with a son to continue to teach me patience, compassion, understanding. Uh, and those, and you know, it's interesting, Ken, cause I say this to, in front of kids all the time and they look at me kind of funny, like, what do you mean? Those are gifts, Mr. Flood. And I, those are gifts because those two things taught me more about myself that I could ever learn in a book on a sports field, in a gymnasium, in a movie theater, uh, at a seminar, uh, those two things taught me about myself and I'm still learning about myself. So growing up in that house, uh, definitely. And I, I've, I've had this awareness lately that I don't like conflict and I've been become a bit of a, um, a person who, uh, is uncomfortable when there's conflict, political, whatever, just two people not getting along. And I think that that was because of the conflict I grew up in my house. So I've become a bit of a peacemaker, um, uh, so I try and turn these, what would normally be on thought of as unhealthy things into things that can benefit myself and benefit others. Uh, you know, man, we are, we are cut from the same cloth. I, I grew up in the same house and, and I, unlike you, I took a different path. I decided that I would become an alcoholic too. So I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic with almost 17 years sober, but I, I can totally relate to what you're talking about totally so since we're break, since we're breaking our anonymity i celebrated 28 years at the end of december oh wow good for so you that would be my third gift ken which i don't wow. i don't do that lightly but since wow. since we're talking to a thousand people now or whatever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i i after my father died from cirrhosis of liver and, and cancer in 19 uh in 1990 uh, at the end of December of 1990, I decided that I had had enough too, and I was on that path. Wow. And I, you know, had blackouts, and I could, you know, we yeah. could do a whole segment on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been sober since uh, December 29th, 1990. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly! Good job. Third gift. Third gift. It's a huge gift. Huge people don't, gift. People don't realize it. Kept me alive. <laughs> yeah, that's my alive gift. Like my son and my father weren't going to kill me, but my alcoholism <laughs> would absolutely kill me. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, dude. See, we're I, I knew it. I knew we were kindred spirits. I just knew it. Something going on, yeah. Yeah. So so you you so you um somewhere along the way, I mean, did you like I know you're a speaker and you go out and you 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 know talk to kids in schools and other things, but do you have a regular job too? <laughs> that's terrible. No, Mark, I can't sorry. So so about so I was doing speaking part time for about three or four years and then in or five and then in in October of uh, 2000, really the summer of 2015, I decided I was done. Uh, I ran an entertainment company for a couple of guys. I was a sales manager. I emceed weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate events, planned events. I really managed events more than I did go out and work at events. Um, but no, in, in, uh, October, uh, the late summer, early fall of, of, um, uh, 2015, I went full time. So last year I spoke in a hundred, somewhere between hundred and 110 schools, gave well over 250 presentations, um, and was in 34 States. And it's been that way for the past three years, 2017, 2018, and then this year, 2019. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so you were, but you were in sales for a while. I was, I was in, so when I got, I cut my teeth, you know, you and I talked about Zig Ziglar briefly. Yeah. I cut my teeth under a guy named Alex Giampetro, who was in multi-level marketing, who was trained by a man named Jim Rohn, uh, who trained Anthony Robbins, right? So, yeah. so Alex was in, Alex was in uh, Best Line Soap with Jim Rohn back in the sixties and seventies. Uh, and that's how I got followed Zig and, and those, those big sales corporate trainers. And I enjoyed that. Um, and I enjoyed doing sales and being up in front of people. I've been a lector in my church for 31 years now, uh, but taking the message out about drug, alcohol, suicide prevention, and about not bullying, but dignity, compassion when it comes to my son, those two things are the things that I'm really passionate about. So what, in, in your, in your speaking, what are some of the, and, and normally I, I talk about like, well, what was school? What was school like for you? What was it like growing up in, in, in New York? Yeah. So, you know, Catholic school for, uh, 13 years until the college I was in for a year asked me to politely leave. We, we'd rather you not come back here. 
um, you know, because you're drinking or whatever. Right. Or, or you're, anyway, so 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 eight years of, of parochial grammar school, you know, but again, in a in a in a home, you know, in a dysfunctional home, Ken uh, didn't. Um, you know, I, I was a smart kid, got away with a lot of stuff because of my grade. My grades were good. Uh, but then in high school, you know, when I was 14 or 15, my drinking and drug use really took off. But again, I did well uh, in school and then picked a, a college um, from uh, from a postcard. You know, normal kids go away and they look at colleges. Oh, I'll go. Let me go look at this college and visit it. My friend went to look at a college and then he he brought home a postcard and he said, hey, Dave, you should go here. And I was like, yeah, OK, I'll go there. And I ended up <laughs> at a college in Rochester for a year. Just stupid stuff. Yeah. And then bounced around for a while. You know, what does a great alcoholic do? I went to bartending school, <laughs> made a tremendous amount of money bartending. Yeah. And um, didn't drink a lot behind the bar, interestingly enough. Uh, but afterwards, you know, all bets were off and I was off to the races. Yeah. So just, you know. I don't want to say it was a normal home. It was a dysfunctional home, but I played little league baseball and we put the Virgin Mary in the window when it was going to rain like good, you know, Irish Catholics do. And, uh, you know, my mom loved me, you know, and my mom, my mom probably saved my life in physically, mentally and spiritually. My mom saved my life a hundred times. Wow. Wow. So you didn't graduate college. I did not. No, okay. I don't listen to Joel Olstein a lot. But the one thing I know that one passage that I take away from him is is all the prayers that our great great grandparents and our great grandparents and our grand all those prayers that they've put in before have definitely benefited me. You know, yeah, right. So, no, I didn't graduate college. I got an associate's degree from a small um, uh, little uh, 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 state uh, community college, uh -huh. two years of a liberal arts degree, and I got an associate's degree from there. But after that, it was all everything's all self taught, and I'm in in the midst right now of reading 52 books in 52 weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm up to 18, 18 so far this year. I'm, I'm right on target. I think this is the 17th or 18th week, 18th week of the month and I'm at 18 weeks now. So that's incredible. That's incredible. I like to... My, my, my book is only 74 pages. So it's like a two hour read. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. Thank you. Cause that'll add to my list. Thank you, Ken. I'll take that. Thank yeah. you. So, so, um, that's an intense goal and I'm not going to lie. I've really thought about setting that goal, but yeah. I know what kind of a commitment that is, man. That's a huge commitment. They're not all big. You know, someone sent me a novel, you know, told me, recommended a novel to read. And I, I I'll maybe get to that, but the average book is probably between two and 300 pages. I've read yeah. some small ones, but, uh, and some are two, well, two or three were second reads that I hadn't read in years, but they yeah. count. So yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm an 18. Yeah, which I feel good about. Yeah, you should. That's incredible. So, so you are you primarily when you go out and speak? Is it primarily schools only? It, it, so my target audience, Ken, is middle schoolers and high schoolers. But I know at some point I'm 54, and I still relate to kids, and I can still be funny and self self-deprecating. And kids laugh and talk from the point of you know not trying to be trying to be their cool uncle. Yeah. You know that's what I try and compare myself is the, not their dad, not their not their teacher, or the counselor or anything, but a, but an uncle who I would listen to and talk to. Yeah. Um, so yes, my primary target audience is middle school, high school kids. But I'm transitioning to college professional development for teachers, and I've done lots of this stuff for uh, mental health organizations, talking to parents. I've done you know twenty or thirty parent presentations. Um, so at some point I may transition to adults, but I enjoy talking to kids now. Uh, it's very challenging um, because kids, you know, they are the hardest audience. I think any salesperson, would, any corporate guy would even tell you uh, high school kids got a built in BS detector on. They know when someone's not being truthful with them. Um, yeah, and time. so do middle school kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've I've uh, I mean, I have a 13 year old daughter <laughs> and an eight year old daughter. <clears throat> Sorry to hear that. Condolences. My, my, my eight-year-old daughter still talks to me. So, um, Amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm still her hero. But like, you know, when it comes to, um, I, I mean, because your message, what, I'm going to let you, what is your message to these kids? When you go out and, and, and you open up and, and what is the meat of the message you're delivering? The meat of the message is, is compassion, is that we're all alike. I call my program Look on the Inside because we're all alike on the inside. Because all we do now, and we do it, we try and do it in good ways. All we do now, Ken, is separate ourselves. Like back in the, in you know, we and we separate ourselves for good reasons. Like there'll be a, 
uh, a Jewish this organization or a, or an African-American organization or an Irish organization. And, and I get it. And all those things are great. But when you come back together, you've got to realize that we're all alike on the inside. And my my highway, excuse me, my entrance ramp to the road of kindness is to talk about my son who has autism. So it's that and I'm still learning patience with him every day. It, it, it's so hard to try and understand someone who doesn't look like you, who doesn't talk like you, walk like you, act like you, wear the same clothes that you do. But you've got to start with that we're all alike on the inside. I mean, if you don't start there, yes, I, I acknowledge our differences and I acknowledge your uniqueness and my uniqueness. But but if we don't acknowledge that we're alike on the inside, how can we ever get along? You know, Wayne Dyer says there's no choosing upsides on a round planet. You know, how can I, you know, and I understand well, I don't understand religion. Religion separates. Yeah. It ends up separating us. I mean, God, I love I love the Catholic Church, but I take a cafeteria style. Like, sure, I'll take some of that. But no, I don't want any of that. But I'll take <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm, I've just uh, 20 Catholics have just signed off the podcast. right now. <laughs> yeah. off, you know, they're gone with this guy lost us. But no, I joke. They're, they're all they're all laughing because they know what you're talking. They know it's about. true. Right. Exactly. And it just separates. But I want people to understand we're all alike on the inside. And then the, the, the really the, the crux of, of what I talk about, Ken, is is I hate to see kids who are struggling in pain, um, in loneliness, et cetera, because I just finished a great book called iGen, uh, right, that talked about how this is the book right here, um, talks about how um, drug abuse, sexual promiscuity, alcohol abuse and smoking in the past five to seven years are all down. But depression, anxiety, um, uh, and suicide are all up. And it's all because of this thing, you know, that we are, that has become, you know, the new heroin. Here it is. Well, I shouldn't say that to heroin addicts, but this is such an addiction with how we get addicted to this thing about how it, it our self-image is built around this thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, I know I went off on a tangent there because I have ADHD, but all of those things, we are less connected now than ever before. We're, we're socially isolating. You know, a yep. kid can't even look in the eye or shake your hand anymore. There's something wrong with that. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And my wife is, a, is, is Catholic and she said, nope, I am with you. Take what works for you. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm not a Catholic, <laughs> so don't hold that against me. But, That's fine. No, I would never. <laughs> but, they, you know, so you talk in your um, and I, I've watched you like there's videos of you all over YouTube and and obviously Facebook. But, um, you know, of you giving speeches and, and you're always talking about the um you're always talking about the 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 moment that that I, and again i want you to tell the story but uh, it was a, a moment with your son do you know what i'm referring to yeah the hockey story yeah yeah sure so you know i'm gonna put the camera just on you just in case i tear up again i don't want that's people fine that. so well so you know my Justin wasn't invited to a lot of things, right? Like kids with autism are not invited and, you know, had some parties, but didn't get invited to things. I'll never forget. I want to tell a new story about two boys uh, named Cameron and Kevin who came to take him trick or treating when he was 13 years old, when kids just stopped. Anyway, wow. so wow. my daughter got invited to an ice skating party several years ago. Uh, my wife would bring Justin to tag along and, uh, lo and behold, they walk into this ice rink and they, uh, you know, they run into my cousin who's worked and taught at this rink. Long story short, Justin takes lessons with my cousin, Dennis, uh, for, for several months. Dexter invites him and gets invited to play on a rec league team, wants to play on a rec league team, not with special needs kids. Ken, my son does not want to be around special needs kids. I mean, he does, but he needs to be around high functioning ones. Right. Doesn't want to have autism. Mm -hmm. Gets a tremendous coach named Andrew, his son, Kyle, who protected Justin and looked out from every game. Last game of the season. Uh, these boys uh, let Justin score a goal. Now, I've watched those things on the Internet. We all have the kid playing basketball, the kid scoring, you know, six baskets, the kid with autism in Iowa or wherever it was, yeah. the kid, uh, the blind football player, the kid with uh, cerebral palsy who scored the touchdown. But when it happens to you in person yeah. and it happens, you know, 
to your child and it was just an unbelievable moment. And but the the most stirring thing about the moment was when I went over to say to the coach, the, the other coach, not our coach, the other coach. Yeah. I reached out my hand to the to the, the other team's coach and I said, "Coach, thank you. That was my son. Thank you, thank you, thank you." And this guy looks down at me from the bench and he goes, "Don't thank me. Thank my boys." Jeez. And they're ten, eleven, and twelve. Wow. It was their idea. Jeez, man. I mean, and that's that see, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Usually kids need to be coached. Of course they do. You know, but usually kids need to be told what to do, but for them to take that on and decide to do that for a kid with autism was just so powerful to me and it was such a, you know, such an amazing thing um for me to witness. Uh, save the puck. I don't have the puck is up in my bag because I tell the support in every school. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the takeaway that I give to kids, Ken, in schools is that forget about who you're doing the act for because the witness to the, the witnesser to the act of kindness can be more impacted than the person it was done for. Justin cherishes that moment. He'll remember it forever. But I've told that story now to almost 400,000 kids and the two Facebook videos that were posted about it have gotten almost 80 million views. Wow. So so who was more affected by that, Justin or the 80 million people or whatever, 400,000 kids who've heard the story? Yeah. And those 10-year-olds, a 10-year-old, right? I didn't do anything. I'm just a storyteller. I right. didn't do it. I'm right. just a storyteller, right. right? So I take no credit for the story. I tell the story well, but I take no credit for it. So those five boys have they like if they could see that video and say holy crap i let the kids score the goal yeah and this is what it caused you know a 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old that's 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 incredible have you seen that have you seen that like impact like have you or have you gotten emails or anything about how it it changed a kid well without a doubt so especially in schools, kids up and talk to me. And it's almost like, the, so a home run for me, Ken, and this happens, has happened well over a thousand, 2000 times. Kids will come up and say, you know, Mr. Flood, my brother has autism and thank you for putting words to the way that I feel mm. because they can't share that, you know, in the room. And then, you know, even more powerful than that, or just as powerful is if I'm in a classroom and a kid will raise his hand and say, Mr. Flood, uh, you know, my dad's an alcoholic and I'll say to him, who knows? And he'll be like, no, he'll say no one, you know, no, no one knows this. And the, the teacher's sitting in the back like, oh, my God, now I can teach this kid because I know where he's coming from. Right. Wow. So so as far as the story, of course, you know, I've gotten, you know, 500 people send me cures for autism. I don't know if there's a cure. I know there are things you can do, yeah, which is yeah. great. And I, I appreciate their, 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 uh, their compassion, their, yeah. their energy, their caring. Um, but so many people have reached out. I, I stopped reading. Um, uh, you know, I couldn't keep up with the comments that, oh, Mr. Again, thank you, Mr. Flood, David, for putting words to my feelings. I couldn't put my feelings to words, but you did with your story about your son. Dude, that, that's so incredible. And you're like, <clears throat> I mean, there are people that impact the world and then there are people that impact our youth and, and, and you're impacting the youth in a, in, in such a positive way. I mean, again, I'm not saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks because it's, it is possible, but our children are the ones that really need I, I, I mean, if I would have, you know, growing up and, and, and I, all the, if I would have, but, but you know, you know, the story, right? Like if yeah. this would have happened as a kid, then things may have been, but you know, I love, I love what you're doing. I just absolutely love what you're doing. I appreciate that, Ken. You know, Josh Ship, one of my mentors, the guy that I work with from top U speakers, 
you know, he's got a program called, you know, every kid is is called one caring adult. So every kid is one caring adult away yeah. from being. And I'm I'm a, I'm I go into schools and then I leave and I do reconnect with some of the kids and things like that. But what I try and what I hope to foster is a connection between them and any adult in the school, any trusted adult that they can go to. Because, man, I could have used some when I was. You know, I didn't realize it. If I needed someone to tell me that you can connect with an adult in the school and they'll help you. And, you know, so so I can be if I can be a conduit, you know, I can't mentor and sponsor all these kids. But if I can let kids know that adults are just like them and be vulnerable in front of them, maybe they'll connect with an adult. And I, I know they have. And, you know, yeah. at, at the very least, I hope they connect, make a stronger connection with them, with their friends and with themselves, with their own heart. I And I, you know, our kids. We have, uh, my wife has this little plaque somewhere that says, you know, children will rarely um, do what they're told, but they will always mimic what they see. With, uh, and, we are models for them. And yes. I told, and I'll stand up in front of a room of kids right now and say, listen, don't watch us. We screwed up. Like, <laughs> don't look at Washington. Don't look at California. Don't look at Colorado. Listen. You know, I get legalizing marijuana. I get it. Okay. I don't drink anymore. I never tell anybody you can't drink, but holy cow, like what's next? Are we going to legalize? We're going to legalize LSD. Like I, I, and I know that's like far-fetched. That's not going to happen, but can we, what are we going to, we're going to give them one more drug that's legal. That seems like it's okay. So we, we're, we're not doing a great job. And I include myself. I yell, yeah. scream, curse in my house. I've broken yeah. plates, whatever. I'm not a great dad. But I'm trying. Right. But some other people in Washington, and I'm all of them, both sides, right? I'm not partial to either side. If they could just be leaders, just lead. Right. Okay. You want to make laws? That's great. But can you just be, be an example to me? Just, yeah. just show kids an example. You know, baseball. And and people ask me, Ken, all the time. Kids ask me, Mr. Flood, who inspires you? You know, my uh, Tiger Woods, uh, LeBron James, you know, uh, the Kardashians, uh, you know, who inspires you? I said, listen, those people don't inspire me. A kid who tried to commit suicide, who admits that to someone, that kid inspires me. A kid who's in pain who share something very vulnerable about themselves, that kid inspires me. And there's different kinds of courage. I get courage, policemen, firemen, people in the military walking into battle. Man, that's courage. Yeah. But there's another kind of courage, the, the kind of courage that I see in schools every day when a kid raises their hand and shares what's going on with them. That's courage to me too, Ken. So, Man, that there's, I, yes. I don't even know what to say. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. You know, I, I was, we were talking to my eight year old daughter, who's a very compassionate young lady. Um, and, and we were talking about moving to a different school district. And, and she said, I, I can't, I can't leave my school. And she does not like her school at all. Wow. I mean, not at all, but she said, I, daddy, I can't leave my school. And I said, you hate that school. Why, why not? And she says, because my friend, whatever her friend's name, if I leave, she won't have any friends. And I said, sure she will. And she said, no, nobody likes her. I said, why? She goes, I, because she's different and, and just nobody, nobody wants to be her friend and I'm her only friend. Wow. And I said, well, maybe we can get her to move too. <laughs> yeah. We can take her with us. Yeah, wow. Right. So like, you know, and, and that wow. was one of those moments for me as a father that I'm like, wow, I didn't do that. In fact, yeah. I've done everything to screw her up. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was inborn. That was innate. That's in, that yeah. was born in her. Yeah. And she's just uh, she's just still connected to it. Thank yeah. God. No, I mean, I think it's amazing when you see that coming from a child, man. It's at, there's nothing better. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I, it well in so she's in third grade, Ken or second? Yeah, third, third, third. So, yeah. so the teachers used to tell me, they'd say, Mr. Flood, because Justin had autism, they'd say, Mr. Flood, we know the girls who are going to be social workers, teachers, therapists, psychologists in second grade because they've already got the empathy piece. Wow. So your daughter may be headed down to be a special needs teacher or a social <laughs> worker or something. Who you know, you can't teach empathy. I don't know. Maybe you can. I, you know, yeah. but I don't know if you can teach it. 
I don't know. I, I really, truly don't know. But I, my wife, my wife is so good. I wish I had it written out, but my wife, every single night when she puts her in bed, she says this, this prayer, probably some kind of Catholic twist on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, but that's all right. Pra- <laughs> we do some good things too. I know. I'm just playing, man. But the, the, uh, you know, the, they, this prayer and it's, and she also backs it up with these positive affirmations that they, they both, you know, say together, I am beautiful. I am perfect. I am loved. I am, you know, all of these wonderful things. And she's done it since, since my daughter could speak. So wow. like every single night of her life. And, and I, so I, I, I got to give my wife credit. Like my wife is like, seriously she's great with my daughter she's doing a great job so you know and i think that helps facilitate that don't you without a doubt yeah i agree with that 100 percent. and now i feel like a bad dad like i haven't been doing that with my kids <laughs> the past 17 and 20 years dude it's never too late <laughs> no it's not old dog new tricks you right. teach a new dog new tricks Right. So, you know, but I mean, it's one of those things. And honestly, I didn't even know about this until probably two years ago, a year and a half ago. And I I overheard it and I ran up the stairs and I'm listening and as they're and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Like, I didn't even know that they did this every night. So I'm a bad. Can you do that with me? I I, I want I want that, too. I have my wife call you every night. So, so, so the, you know, I, so I think what you're doing, and again, I don't know how, you know, personally, I don't know how someone makes a living going to schools and, and, and speaking. Um, I guess they, they must fund that. So they do, uh, corporate would pay a lot more. Schools don't pay a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but they do and, and, and they pay well. And I go in for, you know, I'll go into a town for three days or so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so you, you, but you don't go to corporate and all of that. Uh, no, I've done, I've done very little. I apologize for this phone. That's all I've right. Done very little, uh, can, uh, of, um, uh, of corporate, uh, work. I've done some, like I said, some professional development for teachers and things like that. I've spoken to the national guard a few times. Okay. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. And I ask, I ask all my guests this, this question, um, you know, number one, well, two questions they're, they're tied together, but number one, in your opinion, now I know that everybody's using money as the gauge and, and, you know, Zig Ziglar, since we've, we've been talking about old Zig, Zig, Zig used to say, you know, I have people say, you know, Zig money isn't everything. And he's like, no, it's not, but it's right up there with oxygen. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so, so money is very, very important when, when it comes to, to a lot of things in life. Yes. my question for you is in your experience, what is it that you think that holds most people back from experiencing success financially on the happiness scale on, on, in, in every aspect of life? What do you think stops most people? Money or, or everything, their own thoughts can, I just, I lost, I lost you. I lost the art. So with, with everything, money or, or just general success in life, just general success in life. So your own, your own sabotaging thoughts. I think, um, I don't know why we're wired. You know, I guess some people are born and just are positive all throughout life. I mean, I, I, you know, uh, what clicks in for them, um, uh, I don't know if Zig or Jim Rohn said it, uh, or I read it. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, what's his name who wrote think and grow rich it's napoleon hill the only people who think about money more than wealthy people are poor people (laughs) it's true because they're upset but they don't understand how it works um and i'm still understanding how money works like i I know i i am a spender and then worry where it's going to come from and when you're worrying about it doesn't come it's you know the laws of nature are are easy to understand and yet hard to 
what's the word I'm looking for? Easy to understand, but hard to to take in, to synthesize. Yeah. You know, because I've read, I mean, I read a lot, a lot of books. Yeah. You know, big Wayne Dyer uh, and, and all, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Huge. You know. I, qu- I put a quote. It's funny. You keep mentioning Wayne. I, I literally put a quote by Wayne, uh, the name of his book. Change your thoughts, change your life. Change your life. <clears throat> I put that out this morning, and here yeah. we are talking about him. Yeah, so. just, you know, just, just, so I think people's own sabotaging thoughts. That's what sabotages me is I'm no good. I'm not a good dad. You know, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of, you know, having to, to, to live two lives and, and take care of my son. You know, he basically is, he's high functioning, but I still have to, you know, help him do things. Um, I'm frustrated. I don't want to fight with my wife. I'm still understanding my wife. We have a a little bit of a cultural difference, even though she's been here for over 30 years. Um, (laughs) so so all those thoughts, so the big, the, you know, and, and I'm, huge on meditation really gets me back to where I need to be because meditation is not for the time that you're meditating. It's so when someone cuts you off on the road in three weeks, it's you meditated three weeks ago. So you don't have to give them the finger or someone gives you the finger and you can let that go. But it's not the meditation that morning. It's the meditation that you did a year ago that yeah. helps you then. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, I, I, I've meditated every day of my life for the last uh, 15 years. Every wow. day, every morning. Wow. First thing I do. Wow. So, so, and you can ask my wife, like we have, we have rules around my meditation. So, so, I mean, it's the most important thing to me because without it, everything else couldn't, couldn't be like for me. So, so, so it's, we're separate from, it's our separateness, you know, and all the reasons I've done. And that's again, comes back to my thing, Ken, of looking on the inside of people that we're not separate. We're all one. We're all connected. I forget it. You know, I can forget it in an airport when I'm tired and angry at the person who's not being nice to me. This morning I was yelling at someone from Verizon because I had been on the phone with them for three weeks, for three hours from the Apple store. The Apple store was on the phone. And I'm still angry at somebody on the phone from Verizon because four four people didn't get me the answer that I wanted. It took the fifth person to actually say, oh, sorry, Mr. Flood, it was just this. We had a block on your phone. You know, I mean, why didn't the first person look that up for me? Anyway, but but it's that... It's, it's that we're all connected, and if we started there, that we're all alike on the inside, uh, and we're all one, we'd be a lot better off. You know, that that guy, you know, I don't know why the, the person setting off the bombs in Sri Lanka didn't look at those people like they were just like him, although he's lost his, he's totally lost, you know, to take yeah. a life, you know. Um, but even his soul, like, why did his soul incarnate to do that. That's the real question. You want to get into, you've read Neil Donald Walsh. Oh my gosh. Love that guy. Yeah. So if you really want to go deep, I mean, he's a guy you need to like, it's like, okay, why did that guy's soul, his soul incarnated to blow someone up? Okay. Wait to teach me a lesson about compassion. Like, Holy cow, God, what's going on? Right. Yeah. What do you, this is really confusing. Yeah. (laughs) It can be sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. that's why, you know, I was I was talking to somebody um, yesterday. I said, you know, I think that if you can learn to, I mean, you know, the 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 Bible talks about Jesus going to the desert and meditating for forty days and forty nights, and 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 yet a lot of people don't talk about that. And nope. and and I I I think that it was like, and you know, they say that he went into to hell and fought the devil. I'm like, I, man, I think that means he went inside and battled what was going on up here, just like we all have that going on. I lost. That's exactly what Emmett Fox would say. Yeah, that's exactly what Emmett Fox would say in the Sermon on the Mount. He yeah. would say that the battle, the kingdom is in your head. The whole yeah. universe is in your head. I'm reading yeah. Dan Millman's right now, The Way of the Spiritual World. Uh, the whole universe is in your head. It really, really is. That's the whole so universe. Funny. I recommended that book to somebody yesterday, dude. Did you really? Well, there you go. Oh my God, this is unreal. Yeah. Like, what the heck's going on here? Have that... you ever read Emmett Fox Sermon on the Mount? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're we're gonna reconnect after this too. Yeah. Just... This is crazy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you know, so I, I, you know, here's the thing, man. I I think that you've got, man, you've got. 
I, I love what you're doing. I absolutely love what you're doing. I think, and I would ask you this because this is the final question I always ask everybody. And mm -hmm. I want, I want to know what you, what your response would be. You know, I've, I've, I've been able to help a lot of people along the way. And a lot of people took advantage of that help and, and, yes. you know, right. You've had that happen. We all have, yeah. and I don't live there. I'm just saying if a guy called you up and he said, look, David, I, I, I I'm screwed. I can't like my car was repoed last week. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. My, I can't feed my kids. I don't know what to do. Everything I'm trying isn't working. What do I do? You and I know that it's a, if you have a shift right here, right now, you can change everything like that. Right. But like, right. what are you going to say to that guy? What do you say to that guy in that moment to help him have that shift? I would say, what do you need from me? What do you need? What do you need for what can I do for you? You know, I'll quote Neil Donald Walsh. What can I do for you to make this moment better for you? And in so doing, make it better for both of us. So I would say, what do you need? What, what will what will what will take care of your problem right now? What can I do for you now? And then moving forward, you're going to need to change because you attract what you are. You don't attract what you want. You don't attract what you need. You attract what and who you are, because that's all the reading I've done. And I forget that, you know, because I attract some bad people to myself. And I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? Where did this guy, did this guy come from? Like, really? You know, yeah. well, where did this person come from? Where did this thought come from? So I would say, what can I do for you right now to help you make you feel a little bit better now? But moving forward, you know, you're going to have to change. You know, you're going to have to change. That's awesome, man. So my, my final question for you're going to, you're going to hang up on me for this. I'm kidding, <laughs> dude. How, how was it playing the role of the Fonz on happy days? <laughs> so there's <laughs> one other guy, there's one other guy who, who calls me Henry Winkler. Although like you look uh, just like the guy, man, yeah, a lot of guy, I have a long face. So, <laughs> I, so I used to bartend. Remember I told you, yeah. I used to get Ted, Ted dancing a lot oh. when I was in the bar. That long face, right? Yeah. And, uh, so I get, yeah, but I've gotten Henry Winkler, but there's a guy named Rich Keller who I coached for a little while who's a great speaker out of New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Rich Keller actually calls me the Fonz all the time. Oh, does um, he? He's all gray now. And you you say Fonz to kids, they have no idea, but he's been, <laughs> he's on another show now. I don't know what show he's on. Um, who Henry they, Winkler is? Yeah, he, oh. yeah, he's on some, well, he plays the father or something like oh, that. okay, yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but... Yeah. But I do get that once in a while. But more, I, I'd rather take the Ted Dance and uh, uh, look like. <laughs> right. uh, I love it. No, yeah. man, you you're an you're an incredible human being, and and what you're doing. I mean, there's you know and not this, every minute of every day, Ken. I'm not like I, I, like twenty three hours, thirty eight <laughs> minutes, forty seconds. Yes, but the right. other there's twenty minutes when I lose it every day. But I, you know, and that's all right. Everybody does. But I, I think that that and the ones that tell you they don't, they'll lie to you about other stuff too. So, Big time. So you know, here's the thing. I think that you like you're going like there are people in this world that run their mouth about how they want to help people, man, I'd love to get out there and help kids. And I, I'm a coach too. I help people. And, and I, I'm like, dude, then do it. Well, I can't afford it. Yes, you can. You can afford to go weed some little old lady's flower bed. Like that's helping the world. You can help, you can help somebody else. It's the butterfly effect. It's, it's flapping the wings and causing a ripple around the planet. Like do something for somebody else that's good. And what you're doing, going to all of these schools, you said you've spoken to over 400,000 children? Uh, approximately, yeah, give or take five Dude. or 10,000, yeah. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's incredible. Not many yeah. people can say that. So I, the, the other thing I say to kids, Ken, is that uh, kind of uh, back to your point, um, you know, you want to go have a fundraiser and build a school in Costa Rica or send money to kids in Nigeria or what or, or rebuild a hurricane damaged house in Puerto Rico. That's amazing. Guess what? There's a kid living across the street from you with special needs Amen. who's got no friends. There's a shut in 
that lives one block away from you, a woman who's got no one, her parents, her husband passed away, she's in hospice, go see her. There's yeah. someone right in your school. There's someone sitting next to you in the cafeteria that's lonely. That's yeah. great. You want to go raise money, you know, and, and send money to Houston. And there was a flood and the poor kids in West Virginia that don't have any. That's amazing. I love that. But guess what? There's somebody right. There's somebody right next to you who needs help. Mother. That's Amen. a mother. Teresa. Amen, dude. Yeah. I love mother Teresa too, even though I'm not Catholic, yeah. but like, eh. like, like she'll take it. I know. Right. I know. And I love it. I love the uh, one of my favorite, favorite poems was written by Dr. Kent M. Keith that a lot of people say the Mother Teresa wrote, which she didn't. It was written by she took it and and modified a little bit of it and, and had it printed and put in her office. People make fun of you anyway. That that's yes. Kent Keith. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, it's called yeah. the paradoxical principles. Right. But, but, you know, that and it's it's one of the, the most like just like. Like, go do it anyway. Well, what if you go sit with that kid that has autism in the cafeteria and people make fun of you? So what? So what? Right. Do it what anyway. Do you think is none of my business, Wayne Dyer. Right. Do what it do you think anyway. It's none of my business. Yeah. And, 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 you it, and it does matter. You, yeah. And you tell a story in your speeches about that, about your son sitting alone at, yeah. at, at school at, at lunch. Brushing. It, yeah, it, it is. And, and it's yeah. not necessary. If no. parents would teach their children compassion for other human beings, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their behaviors, regardless of what it is that they may have that's different from everyone else or yourself, just be compassionate with everybody. Right. It, I, and I, I don't get all we always get back to this point, Ken, but my father, after my mom threw him out of the house, he would eat Thanksgiving dinner every year alone at the diner. So I had this massive flashback and rush of feelings about five or six years ago. I'm telling the story about Justin eating alone. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, of course, any parent whose child was eating alone is going to feel that is going to feel pain from that. Yeah. But um, but when when it came back from me. We came full circle for me because I remember, oh, my God, my dad used to eat, di used to eat Thanksgiving dinner alone. And what it, what, what is this repeating uh, this repeating episode in my life? What what's the meaning of this? And the meaning of it was for me to go out and talk about it to people, you know, because a lot of people are eating alone, not just kids. There's something about sharing a meal with someone. You don't even have to talk. It's not about the conversation. It's about the company. That's what it's about. Dude. <clears throat> All right. I gotta, I mean, I, I can't, I can't do this. I can't have a breakdown on my show. Sorry, man. Okay. <laughs> and where are you? You're in Ohio? I'm in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you? Um, just north of Columbus. Okay. Cause yeah. I've been there eight or 10 times. I'll oh. be in Painesville. I'm coming to Painesville, I think in October, November. That's Southern so, Ohio, I think. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've been near, near yeah. Columbus and outside. I'll be in Kent. Uh, you know, I'm speaking in Kent state. Um, wow. not, not, yeah, one of the campuses, not the my, main that's campus. That's where my wife's father went to college. He played football okay. there. So, it's one of, yeah, the, one of the Annex campuses. Well, yeah, but we, we got to connect. I'll come, yeah, I'll come it, and it, listen to you. Yeah, yeah. Do I, do I get that. backstage passes? Uh, at a school, I think that would probably be possible. Yeah, you could probably have front <laughs> stage passes. <laughs> Middle awesome. school. Man, yeah. you are, I'm going to, I'm, I'm normally at the 5,000 friend limit. I'm going to, I'm sorry in advance, but I'm going to boot somebody and send you a friend request. <laughs> we need oh, to be that, friends. Uh, what? You limited your, you limit your friends? No, Facebook does. Five, oh, you can't, 5,000 is the, unless you have a business page. What about your business page? No, I have, yeah, I have a lot on oh, okay. there. Yeah. So if you want to listen to my balance, I have 400 conservative friends and 400 liberal friends. So if I get one more either way, it tips the scale. So I'm like, uh, who do you, who's your, who do you, oh, you like Hillary Clinton? I'm sorry, I have 400. Oh, you're a friend? Oh, no, sorry, you have 400. Oh, you like this one? Oh, no, sorry, because I'm right in the middle. I'm on the fence. I just oh sit on the God. fence. Oh, my God, that yeah. is so funny. Yeah. Uh, so listen, everybody needs to, number one, where can they, where's the best place to follow you, Facebook? So Facebook, David J. Flood, Youth Motivational Speaker is my Facebook page. You can follow me there. I've got 15,000 followers. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not a big social media guy, but I put up some things and where I am and I'll, I'll post a video here and there. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to inundate you with videos every day unless you want to be inundated with videos every day. Yeah. Um, so David J. Flood, uh, my website is davidjflood.com. And then I am with 
probably definitely the best group of youth speakers in the country called Top Youth Speakers run by Josh Ship out of San Jose, California. So at topyouthspeakers.com, there's 15 or 16 of us um, with different topics, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different stories, yeah. um, talking about everything from online safety to drug and alcohol to my talk on dignity and respect to mental health to parents, professional development. Um, so I'm so proud to be part of Top Youth Speakers. Wow. Wow. My wife's following you. She lo that, like people on, on the stream. I don't know if you're seeing comments, but they, they love what you're doing, man. Great. What you're doing is phenomenal. It's absolutely. I, my phenomenal. job is to make people cry. And then, you know, and then, you know, and then I go from there. I always ask kids, did you cry? Did you cry? Were you crying? And they're like, oh, it was sad. And I'm like, it's not meant to be sad. It's meant to be inspirational. It's meant Maya Angelou. You might not remember what I said, but you'll remember how I made you feel. Yes. So if I can make you feel something, and then act on those feelings. You know, I was watching something the other day. Anthony Robbins, we're all about emotions. It's yeah. all about emotion. You know, passion trumps knowledge. Yeah. You're, dude, so right, man. Thousand percent. I love everything that you're doing. And I look forward to becoming friends with you, like real friends. You, yeah, you, I appreciate that, too. Ken. Thank you. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think I have a friend in Ohio. You so do now. I, yeah, cool. You have, Thank you. you. Have, my wife too. You have two, and she'll call you and, and and do that that affirmation thing with you every night. No, I was talking about her doing it with you when you said oh. that. For me. I meant Daddy, not this guy. You, I meant you. Oh, I was kidding yeah. with you. I, I write that out every day myself. So so, so when's your, when's your anniversary? Not your wedding anniversary. When's your uh, August so August tenth of seventeen years. August seventeen. August tenth, seventeen oh, years. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Well, uh, December 29th, 1990. So, so it was 28 uh, this past, yeah, 28 this well, past that, December. The, that, that, that must've been a tough New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it was just, I was just this black hole in my stomach. Cause you know what? My father and I used to call New Year's Eve was a pagan holiday and it's amateur night. Where are, <laughs> where are you on September 3rd when I'm drinking? Where were yeah. you July 5th? Where were yeah. you, uh, uh, April 28th? You know, New Year's Eve was like, whatever. You know, it was usually wasn't a big deal. I, I had this guy out in, in Vegas. I, I lived out in we we moved to Vegas for about 13 months. And, and mm -hmm. this guy, this guy used to make fun of me because I didn't drink and wanted me to drink and all that. I'm like, dude, I, I've spilled more of that shit than you've drank. So <laughs> like, awesome. Like, yeah. You don't even like, like yeah. trust me, you well, will I not like me drunk. I promise you. Well, th this is what you say to someone next time. Say you say, listen, I'm allergic. Yeah. I break out in handcuffs. Right. <laughs> I've said, I've said it. Yeah, it's there true, man. So listen, go. David, thank you so much. I appreciate you. you coming on. You, sir, are a, you're just, dude, you, you, I love what you're doing. You're, you're uh, awesome. I'm, Ken, I appreciate you having me on. I'm very grateful. I'm going to stay in my basement office for a few more minutes to let my head go down. Okay. And then I'll, I'll go back upstairs and spend time <laughs> with my son because you've totally blown my ego up. Thank you. Don't hang up on Sky, but thank you. I, I appreciate you. I And I thank you for, I appreciate that I'm appreciated. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who's watched, everyone who shared this out. David's going to send you a free copy of his next book. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They can download my ebook free at my website. There David you go. Davidjflood.com. Somebody put yep. his website address in the comments, please. So davidjflood.com, follow David on Facebook. His his public page is David J. Flood. Youth um, Motivational youth Speaker. Youth Motivational Speaker. So thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Thank you, Ken. Thank All you, right. guests. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye.